You've tuned in to Badlaaf for Better, a podcast by B Medical Systems, saving lives through reliable and innovative technology, hosted by Jaisal Doshi. Dear listeners, it gives me great pleasure to welcome you all to our second episode of Badlaaf for Better. As you know, badlaaf means change, and badlaaf for better is our humble attempt to bring changes in the Indian health system. through simple conversations with some of the leading health experts in our country we focus on the challenges the blind spots what was the past what is the future and most importantly how we change for the better today we continue our fascinating conversation with dr raj shankar ghosh one of the legends in india's highly successful immunization story dear dr ghosh thank you for joining us once again Our last discussion was indeed extremely insightful. And moving ahead, let's really do a deep dive into the Indian public health delivery system. Some of the challenges that you mentioned, but what what our listeners would be very interested to learn from you is to really to take those challenges not at the macro level as you mentioned, but at a micro level. <laughs> so how does a person in a village in one of the yes. remotest corners of India feel? about healthcare what is what are some of the things that are working but also some things that are not working right. so i you know some philosopher somewhere had said that in case of public health delivery uh, it is always a sad affair uh, the sad actually stands for uh, an acronym which means supply access and demand now the first important thing that we need to understand is that if there is no supply we cannot talk about access if we don't have good access we can't expect people to start demanding so suppose someone say in a remote village in say in gumla district of jharkhand uh, falls uh, sick today what will happen there are three options for the person one option is that the person kind of spends you know the money which the person does not have the capacity to money uh, to spend which means the person takes a loan or the person kind of sells something and you know gets referred to a, a higher a center at the district level or somewhere else that is a huge expenditure the second option is that the person actually goes to the uh, nearby government health center by whatever means the nearest one because almost every village is now connected to some kind of a center and if not a center at least a person say an asha goes there finds that there is a lack of supply there's a lack of human resource there's a lack of you know availability gets treated by or managed by people who have half knowledge of doing all of that and the third thing that would happen is uh, that the person might actually get treated by a local you know a, a kind of practitioner maybe a, a rural medical practitioner or a, a kind of a village quack or or a faith healer whoever it is they get treated so all of these three options are open in the first instance that is the biggest problem that india faces and this is acknowledged by our prime minister that out of pocket expenses though we have reduced it it remains one of the most critical problems because ultimately people do spend and go and i have heard so many people tell me about those very sad stories the second option that happens is that we do not have a good health hr policy which means that you know we are not able to incentivize people to really 
stay in the positions that they are. We are not able to ensure that they are well trained uh, to, to perform their services. And the third thing that happens is that there are still recruitment gaps, in particularly in, in some of the states like, you know, I mentioned about UP, Bihar, Jharkhand, though we are improving. I'm not saying that, you know, we haven't improved, we are improving, but there are miles to go there still. So therefore, all these issues about HR availability, HR efficiency, HR sufficiency, all of these things are actually a major problem when it comes to the common man to seek uh, healthcare. For example, if it would have been a Japanese encephalitis in which a child has suddenly a very high fever, goes to, you know, a kind of um, mental, uh, uh, you know, uh, delirium kind of thing, and becomes unconscious, the, the, the mothers know, the parents know that the only destination, if it was happening in Eastern Uttar Pradesh, and I'm talking about say five years, uh, not five years, 10 years back, the only destination was Gorakhpur Medical College, PD Medical College in Gorakhpur. They would sell everything in order to save the life of the child and go. Then what happened is that it became unsustainable the political leaders and the masters understood that this is something that cannot be continued. So therefore, they converted the primary health centers into something called encephalitis treatment center. Then they understood that the encephalitis treatment center cannot be sustained throughout the year and does not need to be sustained. It is only during that period of monsoon when the encephalitis happened that it needs to be done that. So today we have good access. Encephal Every primary health center has an encephalitis treatment center. So earlier, about 90% would end up going to the BD Medical College from a very remote village, say in, uh, you know, uh, Godakpur district or in uh, Basti or somewhere. But today, only 10% would go. The rest of them would go to the primary health center. Thank you, Dr. Ghosh. And I think the example you mentioned about hmm. Japanese encephalitis is is a prime example of Badlao for Better. Yes. Right. It's exactly what we would like to educate our yes. listeners about, which yes. is how can we change and how that change improves the lives. And in this case, right. as you said, you know, people were selling everything that they had to save the life of their child. Yes. And here we are creating a transformation, not just for the child, but for the entire family yes. and for generations to come. So, Jessel, I'll just interrupt you to emphasize on one point that I had uh, also said in my earlier kind of uh, response is that it's not only about having the infrastructure, but it's about also the behavior change in the community. So, you know, uh, the chief minister, uh, Jogi from uh, Uttar Pradesh, being the very smart uh, person who understands people's psyche. So he not only built that infrastructure of you know, the primary health centers turning into encephalitis treatment centers, but he also understood that they must be utilized. So what he did was that there is a program called Dastak program, where, you know, they go, the health workers go and they are, you know, knocking at the door of the person and saying that if you have a problem, this is where you go. They educate them. They kind of change their behavior. They kind of monitor as to where they're going. So this project was started by PATH uh, with, with the government of Uttar Pradesh. And, and all supported by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So when they did it, uh, you know, initially it was like still 70% were going to the uh, uh, medical college. Then it reduced to 50%. Then it came to the notice of the chief minister and he said, oh, this is not working at the speed I want. He immediately kind of 
put in the Dastak campaign and overnight everything turned and immediately, you know, uh, 70%, 75%, 80% were going to the primary health center for the treatment. And he ensured that all of the other, uh, you know, things are fulfilled. There is a supply of essential medicine lists. All the medicines, diagnostics, anything that is required is available. The doctors and trained officials are there. There's a good referral mechanism because without that, the next part doesn't work. The behavioral change doesn't work. So there came the experience. Wow, such a wonderful setup here. Why was I going to the uh, medical college? So therefore, they started coming there and the news spread. The second thing that they ensured is that the access, which means that, you know, the referral system through the ambulance, through the local, you know, transport mechanisms, that was set up so that they can have access to those centers well. So it's not just about, you know, uh, doing some kind of one aspect of the program. It has to address the entire issue about supply, access and demand. Then only, you know, miracles happen. No, absolutely. And I think your example, again, illustrates the supply, access, demand yes. or the SAD principle, but also the importance of having visionaries who can implement yes. it. I think in this case, uh, Chief Minister Yogi uh, and, and the example that you gave is a, is a great example. Yes. You've tuned in to the second episode of Badla for Better, an Indian healthcare story. Uh, just talking back about the lack of financing. You know, and and how technology is also playing a role here, and this is maybe my only value-added contribution to this podcast. <laughs> but I recently came across uh, a very innovative startup mm-hmm. called Arogya Finance, mm-hmm. which uses subvention-based uh, financing to provide healthcare to patients who really need it, but at a fraction of the cost. So if you think about treatment for cancer, mm. which can easily cost up to a few lakhs. Mm they can bring the cost down by as much as uh, 70%. Wow. And this is really as a result of technology, of partnerships. So again, going back to some of the examples that you mentioned and the principles you mentioned. So, uh, wanted to spend some time talking about technology. See, you know, in all the revolutions in public health that have happened, technology has played a role. Uh, For example, you know, if we are just talking about vaccines, the vaccine vial monitor has been a game changer. You know, it's people just think that it's about understanding whether the vaccine is good or not. It's not just about that. Earlier, when parents came with their children to get take, give the vaccine, they used to think that, you know, uh, should I go and check the expiry date? Is the vaccine good? Am I sure that, you know, it has been maintained well? Now everyone, and it's such a simple technology to see the color change. Everybody can understand. They are so confident. Okay, this vaccine I see, which is being given, such a good one. Vaccine vial monitor, built the confidence within the community about vaccines. Such a great changer. Electronic vaccine intelligence network. When it was initially started, people said that it's a very costly kind of uh, technology to come in. But see, you know, the kind of change it has made, the kind of, you know, uh, cost effectiveness it has brought to the program. Talk about, you know, autodisable syringes has tackled so many diseases which were earlier happening because of shock breaks and all of those, you know, the, the uh, uh, you know, hazards that come with uh, injections and all of that. So technology in itself has been one driver. This is one example that I gave you. Now we come to another pro- uh, program, which is the COVID. With COVID, you know, it is probably one of the first time that I saw that 
people felt that they own their entire health intervention. For example, what happened? A person could choose the vaccination center that the person wants to go. The person could choose the time that they want to go. The person could choose the vaccine that they want to take. Somebody would have thought that, okay, fine, I'm going to choose for co-vaccine. It's India-made. Um, ICMR supporter. I'm going to go and uh, do that. Uh, somebody would say that, no, I want the Covishield vaccine. They could choose that. Such ownership of the program could only happen because of technology. Now, with that, what happened is that uh, the technology, you know, not everybody is technology friendly. So there needs to be assisted technology, which means that there's a lot of capacity building that we really need to do if we are to introduce new technologies into, into the programs. And that calls for resource, that calls for uh, technical expertise, because without that, things are going to fail. Initially, you know, people were so nervous with COVID, but then the government got the feedback from the community. They kind of changed. So yes, so technology has been a driver. Technology will be a driver of the of the uh, public health programs. But technology, we need to understand, is not something that will be introduced without the right amount of investments that we need to make, the right kind of capacity building that we need to make, and the right kind of confidence that needs to be built in the community about the technology. Because people are skeptical about my data going away, my kind of privacy going away. So we need to build that confidence within the community. And that, you know, a lot of ownership lies on our community leaders, on our political leaders, in order to really build that confidence within the community. So, Dr. Ghosh, I have two follow-up questions. The first one, you mentioned uh, vaccine wild monitors. Yes. Just for our listeners, uh, some of whom may not mm -hmm. be aware of sure, what this sure, is. Sure. Can you explain what, what exactly is this? So, vaccine wild monitor uh, started during the uh, polio program. Uh, so, what happens is on every vial, uh, there is a circle and a square uh, in which uh, the colors change uh, based on the exposure of the vaccine to heat and light and after a certain time you know of exposure to heat and light uh, the time heat and light all of these are important factors uh, the vaccine may not be it doesn't get uh, bad what it becomes is that it may not be as efficacious as it would have been with the proper kind of exposure to light with the proper cold chain maintained and all of that so People can see that color change in the circle and the square and they can understand whether the vaccine is very potent or whether the vaccine is potent or, you know, the vaccine will not be as efficacious as it should be. And it's for a layman to understand because it's just a comparison of the color between the square and the circle. Understood. So for any person getting a vaccine any. or for their child, they should look at this yes. and determine if the vaccine is good or bad. Yes. Yeah. And it's very simple. So it is even even the it, it doesn't require one to be literate. It doesn't require one to be techni savvy. They just need to understand the two colors, gray and the dark gray and all that. Too. Yeah. Excellent. And that's a great example of how technology yes. can can be also got down to the level of the common man right. where he or she can simply understand it. Yes. And and talking, my other question was related to technology and people's distrust in it. You mentioned yes. about uh, the fact that you need to convince people, especially when you think about many platforms and, and globally, not just in India. 
there's a huge push towards privacy towards individual data so how do you how do you see this as in in context of an application like covin right where there is a lot of skepticism uh, amongst people may not be justified but just to uh, you know for our listeners again yes how can they get comfort with something like this so one of the things that i need to make very clear is that in most cases i'm not saying in all cases in most cases the distrust happens because of lack of awareness and knowledge so something new is introduced now you know when we used to go for the polio vaccination in the in the uh, community the first question that they used to ask us is that the community is that my child has 50 other problems our house has so many problems why suddenly you are coming with uh, this vaccine uh, to feed my child you have never cared for my child when my child was dying from diarrhea or from pneumonia uh, what is your interest in saving my child so we had to explain the whole context of why we know we are doing the polio drives and all of that so one of the things that first we need to understand the community is not kind of you know uh, hugely trusting of any new intervention that comes so what they need to uh, it is the onus is on us the onus is on the public sector the onus is on the private sector to explain to people about what is the product that is being brought how can they benefit from it what are the risks because there is nothing without risks what are the risks which means that they need to be taught how to use the product well for example how to use the covin uh, application well it's similar to you know the atm card everybody uses atm card but then the bank also releases uh, you know uh, 10 things that they must not do so i think for technology it is very very important that there is a very transparent conversation around why the technology is being introduced and that calls for education the second is there needs to be some handholding in order to teach people to use that application well because the more they use it the more they become familiar the more their confidence on the technology grows and they take it forward in terms of technology what is very very important is that we need to have a two way mechanism it is not just about you know giving for example in covin one of the things that people knew very well that if they register through covin and do it uh, there was no other way to do it also but they would get that uh, certificate also digital you know in my my house help uh, who comes she was so happy to show on the mobile that see my certificate that now it is approved here i can show the guard at the entrance of the society that i am vaccinated so this kind of was convenient for that person so therefore i think with uh, technology we need to first of all give them some flexibility in order to you know uh, overcome their apprehensions second is on job training and the third is give them some kind of incentives and benefits which they will kind of accept what well, what's very interesting and thank you dr kush aap sun rahe hain badlav for better a podcast by b medical systems saving lives through reliable and innovative technology jaisal doshi dwara hosted again for our listeners uh, one book i would highly recommend for you all to read if you're interested in new innovations in technology is a book called build by tony fadel he is the creator of the ipod mm-hmm. and is uh, and he's also built the nest which was acquired yes. by google uh fascinating book and and a lot of great insights and learning for all of those interested in sure. doing anything new wonderful so uh dr gosh coming back to technology uh what would you think are or what do you think are the most interesting two or three technologies that will likely come up 
that will impact public health care at scale. Wonderful. So I think one of the things that we will have to understand, and we were talking about climate and all of these uh, before, is around the use of resources like energy. You know, we have long dependent on various kind of traditional sources of energy, particularly solar energy in case of health is going to be a very important issue uh, for, for supply, not only of uh, vaccines, about, you know, blood products, about insulin, about some of the diagnostics, medicines and all of that. The second thing that I think is going to be very, very important for us is, uh, you know, using technology for data harmonization. Data, actually, you know, uh, there was a person who had first told me this. Data is about is an acronym that we can look at, standing for digitalization, accuracy, timeliness, and access. This is what comprises of data. If we do not have digitalized data, then that data is not the data for the future. If we cannot have we cannot ensure that the data is accurate and we don't have mechanisms to kind of uh, ignore or shred off, uh, you know, inaccurate data. That data is not valuable. If it does not come in time, data is useless. And if it is not accessible by all parties who need to access it, then that data is not going to be utilized for action. So I think it is very important for us to use technology to get data in its full meaning that I talked about. And the third thing that I think is very important is the, again, I'll come back to this digital money, which means that, you know, the, the incentives that we are talking about, the kind of payments that we need to make to our ashas, to our uh, beneficiaries, to our mothers who are accessing some of the great, uh, you know, um, incentivized programs that the uh, country has launched today, all of those needs to be digitalized so that we don't have those systems of, uh, you know, cumbersome systems of, you know, paying money and all of that. So digital payment is a very, very important issue that we need to focus on. And technology will play a great role in that. Thank you, Dr. Gosha. Really interesting insights. Dear listeners, as we round up our discussion and podcast on Badlaw for Better, I would be amiss if I did not ask Dr. Ghosh this last question. Dr. Ghosh, at the very beginning, you mentioned about the human emotions yes. and about the smile on the face of a child and the mother that you saw. Now, having spent more than three decades in public health care, what would your advice be to youngsters, to our young listeners hmm. who are looking to enter public health? Right. So I think that, uh, you know, there are multiple things that I can talk about, but I will say uh, just two things. One is that, uh, you know, if uh, one decides to choose a career in public health or in any development sector, one needs to really be passionate about it. And one cannot overnight become passionate. One really needs to study about the field in which the person is getting into. The second thing that is very, very important is that public health theory is very important. One needs to know the theory of public health, otherwise one cannot act. But the excitement of public health lies in the field. So if you are getting into public health, do negotiate with your you know, employer as much as you would negotiate on your you know, 
remuneration and everything about you being able to actually go to the field and see the action the faces that you will see the houses that you will visit the kind of uh, beauty that you will see in the in the in the rural heartlands of india that is what is going to drive you next day to work so please do two things one read about public health where we have progressed from the times of you know india has a very rich history of public health starting from our malaria days and smallpox polio and much prior to that everything a very rich history you will feel proud that you are going to become a part of this public health journey of india and the second thing that i want is that you know please ensure that you have opportunity to actually go and see where public health is in action otherwise you will never be the get the motivation that you need in order to continue in public health fantastic and i think uh, with that uh, with your two insights of being passionate being out there in the field one can really be an agent for badlaw for better yeah. thank you very much and stay tuned in for our next episode thank you so much thank you thank pleasure you were listening to badlaw for better an indian healthcare story a podcast by b medical systems saving lives through reliable and innovative technology hosted by jaisal doshi